This is episode 78 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. Today is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Oh, we can be so loving, so patient, so kind, especially in church on Sunday morning. And then we get behind the wheel. What does it mean to be a Christian driver? If only, and I'm saying if only, not where you think I'm going. If only the rest of my Christian walk was as solid as that question how to be a Christian oh, really? behind the wheel. For some reason, wow. I don't understand why. I'm thankful for it because I certainly see examples of other people not being so much. And I see examples in myself in other areas of my life where I don't have it all together and it's a mm. constant struggle and I want to do better. But for some reason, words spoken by Joe Cannon, he was my driver ed teacher in high school. Oh, I was like, should I know this? I was name? like, is he some sports coach? He's a sports guy. No, I know it's going to be. Here's the words. <laughs> if for some reason, I wish the word of God, every single word of God, would stick in my heart. <laughs> like Joe Cannon's like words. Like Joe Cannon's words. My what very did he f- say? My very first day in driver ed, he said, "The per-, and this, I wasn't even a believer back then, but he said, the purpose of driving is to get from point A to point B the safest. Hmm. period, over, out, nothing else. It wasn't about getting there first, getting there ahead of someone, Wow. Hmm. judging other people. It was like the point is to get from point A to point B the safest. And for all these years, that has stuck with me. I it's and I don't understand why. I'm thankful for it, like I said, because there's other areas that I'm not like that. But I've told my kids that, and they don't follow it all the time. It just stuck with me wow. that for some reason— I am very patient in traffic, always have been, and from day one. And thanks, Joe Cannon, for that word that came in. I'm never, if someone wants to go ahead of me, fine. If someone cuts me off, fine. I've probably made mistakes on the road as well. That's good, Steve. That's good. When you see somebody being like intentionally rude or something, doesn't that just make your like human nice meter go like to the danger zone? I just, I'm, I can go slow. Like I'm not in a hurry, but when I see somebody, going out of their way to be rude. It bugs me. <laughs> but I know it that in my, in, in my life, oh, let's say the driving life, I know in my driving life I've made mistakes and maybe I've appeared to be rude by doing something. Right. And it's like, oh, sometimes True. I wish I could r- jump into that car and go, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Uh, and and for, yeah, I don't know. You, but for some reason, I've never been impatient because of Joe Cannon. I love it. Point Joe A Cannon. to oh. point B. The Mm. safest way possible. You pointed out, Steve, the need for the sorry horn. We need to, like, there need to be, uh, in between (laughs) the steering, like, there needs to be two different buttons. There's the one horn, then there's the sorry horn, because one is like, eh, didn't mean it, sorry, I know I accidentally cut you off. But I want to talk about the horn for a second, Uh because this is the temptation, Mm -hmm. yeah, for me, for a lot of drivers. The question first, what's the horn for? The horn, your car's horn, is actually for one thing. And like you can look this up. This is what they say. It's to warn somebody. You can think about that. It kind of rhymes. It's to warn somebody of like an imminent collision or let them know, I'm here. Don't come into this lane. Or I'm here. Don't pull out. 
it's to warn somebody. It's not <laughs> for its most common purpose. It's not for punishing people. It's not for tattling, scorning, shaming. For, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's not for any of those things, which is what I frequently want it to be for right. when I'm like so mad because I feel justified that somebody did something. I feel did justified. Did you see what anger. you just did? Honk, honk, yeah. honk. Right. <laughs> because it's like, and it's not just like, oh, I'm mad because whatever. I feel justified because it's like my family is in danger because of what you just did. You put our safety at risk because of how you drove just then. And I want to let you know by pressing on this horn. No, like that's not what it's for. That's not what the horn's for. And actually, it's a, a really, if you look into this, I don't recommend it because it can be spooky looking up the videos, but road rage is such a real thing. Mm -hmm. And it can be triggered by the smallest thing. You never know. You use that horn to let somebody know a piece of your mind. Well, you really don't know how stable that other person can be. And and honestly, there are some really frightening instances of where that can go. So for me, it's remembering, okay, what's the horn for? Since I don't have a sorry horn that I can press to be polite, I've just got to leave off that other horn like I want to sometimes, but leave it off because, yeah, it's not for anybody else knowing what I think of their driving skills when I press that horn. It's so hard for me when I see people treating other people badly. And sometimes when you're in traffic, you'll see that. You'll see somebody being intentionally. I know people make mistakes, Steve, but oh, you know when somebody is doing something and they're not, they, they're not, it's not an accident. For they're sure. doing it on purpose. It you know, I watched a car the other day, an SUV pass a motorcycle that was in the right lane on the right, like drove oh. on the shoulder around the motorcycle. I was like, oh. that could be mm. deadly. You know, I mean, that to me just, it makes my blood boil. And you say things, you're such a... And, and they can't hear you, right? <laughs> and so in those moments, I'm reminded that all of that aggression and all of that anger that I just want to spew out of my mouth is not being heard by that person, but it is being heard by God. Ugh. And he's so been convicting me of this lately. It is a struggle. The struggle is real for me. I've been reminded that your conversation should be full of grace, seasoned with salt. That's in Colossians 4, 6. I've been reminded that God is hearing everything that I say. I've been reminded that the words that come out are a reflection of what's in me. You know, Psalm 19 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and so it's really, it's really been a struggle with me. And I had an instance a couple weeks ago, this guy cut me off and I was like, just beep, beep, like, because I was like, oh, hold on, I got a break so yeah. that you can get in there, you know? And and he was so mad that he, like, zoomed up in traffic, and then he came back to, like, cut me off again. Oh. And I was like, oh. what is happening? And, and I was so, and I was like, Lord, I don't want to think bad things about this person. I don't want to say bad things about this person. Like, I want the meditation of my heart to be good. And God just convicted me that I needed to see that person the way that he saw that person. Oh. And it was like, oh, are you willing to pray for that person? And I was like, oh, I'm going to just stay home from now on. <laughs> but no, we have to drive to get from one place to another, hopefully to do it safely. But don't miss those opportunities to let that be a time of growing. Oh, a time of refinement. Because sometimes we get put in that hard situation so that we can practice 
our patience and our grace and our love, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly right. I've noticed that, be, you know, my driving, the way I, I do it, it reminds me of other parts of my life, which I'm, I'm not so forgiving. God reminds me, and I go back to that example, you know, in, in my heart that it's like, well, look, and God said, when you're driving, you treat them like that way. Why don't you treat them that way in this example or that example? Because the Word of God doesn't say, treat people nicely, except those lousy drivers. Um, oh, right. You have to really— It was about, like, horse riding back then. It right, wasn't about drivers. Right, <laughs> the right. chariots. No. Nope, not a verse, not a verse. And it's so weird because I find myself in those weird situations that you described, Therese, and Tim, you have too, that, that you know, people who maybe do something bad, maybe even intentionally in traffic— it's like I feel there's a, there's this weird empathy in me that go like, oh, I wonder what they're going through because they must be they look really angry. I mean, they'll make gestures with their hands to mm. other people. And I'm like, man, they're just they're really upset. There's a lot in there. And those opportunities to pray again. I'm not saying all this to like lift myself up to say, look how wonderful of a driver attitude I have. It's like God has put that in me for some reason, in that instance of my life, that reminds me of other parts of my life where I fail constantly to say like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you do this that way, and you're to treat other people with that loving compassion, the empathy, no matter what they did to you, because the Word of God doesn't tell us to differentiate between the people who treat us well mm -hmm. and treat us poorly. I know that you're going to be uncomfortable with this suggestion, Steve, but Therese, I just vote that we make Steve the ambassador Christian driver. We let him have the Jesus fish on the back of his car. I like that. From now on, Steve is driving us everywhere, Tim. <laughs> Coffee? Check. Music? Check. Fun and encouragement? Check and check. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Everybody's okay. Everybody, Nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. It's okay. But okay. on the college at the University of Colorado in Boulder, there was a bear wandering around campus. They ah. caught the bear. Everything's okay. My thought was like, oh, the bear's lost. It should have been on the campus of Baylor. It's the Baylor Bears because it's oh. the Colorado Buffaloes. Would the Buffalo. More fitting, more yeah, more fitting. fitting if a buffalo was on. Uh, it was scary no matter wow. what, if a buffalo were a bear. Well, yeah. But here's the question for this morning, a fun question. Uh, at your college, let us know at your college, would it be a scary situation if your mascot in reality, oh, right. was wandering around campus. Okay. So your college, uh, Tim, for instance. Oh, well, uh, we'd have yellow jackets. I mean, that actually Cedar would actually happen there at Cedarville Cedarville yellow jacket. That, so that'd that be pesky. Kind of really, it was a reality uh, Mine was the Ohio Bobcats. The Bobcats Ooh, wandering around. They're scary. Around. scary. Uh, they be scary. Therese, would your mascot be scary? Well, around? I went to Ithaca, the uh, Bombers. Oh, that that's not a Whoa, fun situation no. for anybody. No, no, that's not good. So uh, your college, or maybe the one that's closest to you or yeah. you identify with, uh, what mascots there and and how dangerous would it be let us know your mascot we'll let you know if it's dangerous or not charlene and i live in east bethany all right do you have a scary mascot we should be aware of well i don't know if it was that scary what is the tribune what Could college is that uh monroe community in uh, rochester a tribune yeah, what is a tribune, tribune is um yeah, so it's, it's like a paper or something <laughs> no it's it's derived from the roman official who defended people that's a mascot you can be proud of mm -hmm. okay cool 
Yeah. I'm Molly in Rochester, New York. Went to Rochester Institute for Technology and we're the Tigers. Ooh, now, that's... see, I've seen the RIT Tiger and he looks pretty friendly. Oh. The mascot does, but have you seen the statue? You look the other way when you see the statue. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I'm Bill from Alba, Pennsylvania. Scary mascot? Scary mascot is the Syracuse University Orange. It's this oh. giant fuzzy orange <laughs> where actually... <laughs> It would be this demonic manifestation, and it would be terrifying. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's stay just... away from fuzzy oranges <laughs> in general. That's bad. Yes, or any walking citrus for that matter. <laughs> if you're looking for fun, hope, and encouragement, you've come to the right place. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. In this culture we have today, cell phones, social media, other addictive technologies, don't you agree that we're losing the fine art of listening? Now, I don't, I'm not talking about hearing, not simply smiling and nodding while someone's mouth is moving. And I'm really staying quiet until it's your turn to chime in. A lot of us are pretty good at that game. Here's how James puts it in his letter. My dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now, unfortunately, kids suffer a lot when we don't listen as they struggle to express their feelings you know, deep down in their fragile inner wells and all kinds of needs, questions, hurts, longings, the busy, insensitive, preoccupied parent steamrolling through the day, missing a cue. It sailed right past very choice moments that may never happen again. Or how about the people we encounter who don't know Jesus? Here's a question. Have you ever practiced listening evangelism? Unless we're thoughtful, we uh, usually unload the goods and go for the scalp. But People bruise easily, sometimes irreparably. Everyone appreciates when we genuinely listen to their stories, and that's what Jesus did anytime he encountered someone in need. Listening allows us to see deeper into another person's heart. Only then can we offer help and hope that they need. Solomon said it best when he wrote about having ears to hear and eyes to see. He then added the reassurance, both are gifts from the Lord. Two ears, two eyes, one mouth. Maybe that should tell us something. Uh, let's become better listeners with your spouse, your friends, your kids, your boss, your teacher, your students, your neighbors. The better we listen, the more God can speak through us. You're not late. You're right on time. And we're glad you're here. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Time now for our annual Funny Frog Fact. Wow. Oh, last year I must have missed. No, it puts a lot of pressure on me. We've got to do one next year now. Anyway. Right. Here it is. (laughs) Frogs never actually drink water. They have hmm, drinking patches located on their body and underside of their thighs to absorb the water. Are you kidding me? (laughs) My thighs only absorbed french fries in that one cookie I had two weeks ago. (laughs) Oh, wow. We should make this an annual thing now then. Okay. So frogs don't actually drink water. They just absorb. It just absorbs into the... Which is... You're supposed to drink like eight glasses a day for frogs. Well... But you know how oh. much water there is? How much? Oh, <laughs> the frogs are only knee-deep, knee-deep in water. That's oh. what makes it funny. Oh. Of course we're happy. You're here. Why wouldn't we be? Thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life.
Okay, this is just pretend because we don't advocate, you know, the stealing of anything. Whoa. But let's say uh-huh. that you are a burglar. Okay. okay. But you only steal things that are slightly inconvenient to your victims. Whoa. What do okay. you take? POV, inconvenient burglar. What do I do? Right. Mm. So Linda in Pendleton, New York, commented on our Rise Up Facebook page this morning and said, hairbrush, which I've oh, been there. Oh. Where's my hairbrush? So right. apparently inconvenient right. burglars are also teenage <laughs> girls. Um, Kelton in <laughs> Venus, Pennsylvania said, how about the spring-loaded center to the toilet paper holder? Wow. Oh. That's brilliant. Oh. Inconvenient. Right. Yeah. And Colin in Trumansburg, New York, says the labels off of all the cans in the pantry. Oh, oh that would man. be that would be mean. Almost, that is right? cruel. Oh. You're trying like, like you go to make pumpkin pie, you're just like, nope, black beans. Nope. Oh. Cream corn. <laughs> oh. oh, clam chowder. Who took all oh. the labels off these cans? Oh. Wow. Exactly. Burglars okay. could be really bad. Libby from Niagara Falls. I would take pen. You can never find it. Right. I can't find a pen. Maybe I just had an inconvenient burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Audrey, and I live in Avon. All the milk in the house. Oh. It's actually my 16-year-old son. I was going to oh! say, yeah, sounds like a teenager right there. <laughs> uh, my name's Mike from Franklinville. I'd steal all the faucet handles. Oh, man. <laughs> but wait, would you leave the water on or would you leave it off? Depending on my mood. <laughs> oh, wow. An inconvenient burglar. With an attitude. There you go, buddy. My name is Kathy. I live in New Bay, New York. You're not an inconvenient burglar, are you? I might be. <laughs> you sound sneaky. What are you? What are you pilfering? I'm going after the toilet paper. Oh, oh man! Oh, it's like 2020 all over again. No, oh, no, no. You're, oh, you're gonna wipe us out. <laughs> May the blessings of the Lord be with you in all that you do today. This is Rise Up on Family Life.